Welcome to Mystery House Eyes and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama night cast. I would argue they're all night casts to an extent. No, well, I mean, sometimes there are daytime episodes. That one episode where Clary and Jonathan and Jace's body went on numerous dates. That I mean, was a daytime episode. I mean, I would just sort of say that, you know, it's a Shadow Hunters is all about the night. Ooh. No, essentially, this one is uh, about the night children being S- vampires. Stupid though vampires. Having very little to do with vampires. Very little. Just one vampire sometimes. <laughs> very little to do about a lot of stuff. In general, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you ask me what happened this episode, which we're about to talk about, I would say not a lot. Not a lot. And yet, not a lot. Kevin, I can guarantee you, dear audience, that we're going to talk about this episode for mm, an hour. <laughs> we have we're, to. We're going to talk about nothing for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's certainly stuff to talk about. It's just that in the show, in the episode itself, it's... Nothing moved forward. I mean, they did, but nothing that different from, like, where we thought things were going to go. Yeah, there's I no mean, twists. It, it, it just it felt like a lot of this stuff, they just needed to make it stretch out because they could not fit it all in one episode, but they couldn't fill out two episodes either. So there's some some wheel spinning, some... Uh, some stuff like that, but a lot of it's just continuations. Even though one thing definitely ends, it that... still it it happens so like. Well, and the thing that ends, like I didn't, I don't know. I guess I cared about that storyline. I did. It showed up a lot. <laughs> yeah, but, but like there are so many things in this episode that I just can't buy into. Well, it just feels like no one cared about that storyline. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, we do care about that storyline. Just, just as we care about every storyline, because this is Shadow Hunters, Season 3, Episode 15, To the Night Children. To the Night Children. <laughs> We belong to the night. We belong to the children. <laughs> uh, Speaking of those children and that night, we open to a sexy vampire party. That is- no, 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 no. Do not call it sexy. It is a high society affair with vampires standing around. There is nothing sexy about it. I think they're trying to make us think they're sexy, though. No, we've seen sexy in this show. We've seen sexy vampire in this show. This is a bunch of people in suits drinking out of glasses. Was the sexy vampire Camille? I mean, oh, I no, was Raphael and Izzy doing their drug thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, uh... I know I would even just say when they went to a couple like vampire party like when Simon, you know, went to. Was, oh, that's right. Simon yeah, did the... turn into a rat that one time. Yeah, those were like debauchery yeah those were the as much as they could do on like you know in a show like this that was their sexy vampire party this is a elite vampire party which uh involves them mostly just hanging out and drinking i'm gonna assume blood from goblets not goblets they're glass wine they're like coupe glass like coupe glasses like you would have champagne in yeah um, uh, now, uh, Heidi, apparently, is now the one in charge. Yeah, she does a speech where she's like, hey, y'all, we're not going to be under anyone's thumb anymore. We're the night children, the best, uh, the nightest children. Yes, the classic, hey, there's always someone who comes in and is like, oh, vampires, you know what? Maybe we should rule the world. And it just, it feels like Heidi has watched too many movies. Well, Heidi, for some reason... Thinks what they just did, you know, the thing where they met when murdered a bunch of uh, werewolves, means that now they're going to be able to take over the Shadow Hunters. Yeah, it's like the Shadow Hunters had their time, but now it's time for the uh, vampires. Heidi, who has been a vampire for three months and spent most of that time locked up in the basement. It it just, it's, it's amazing anybody listens to her. At all, because it doesn't, like, she, I cannot imagine she's bringing any new ideas to the vampire world. Well, People who've been around for centuries are like, oh, you know what we never thought of? What she's saying. Well, and then what she does, like, this is intercut. Her speech is intercut yeah. with Griff watching the police investigation and being like, oh, uh-oh. Oh, this actually probably is bad. Because uh, you know what we just did? We just definitely broke the accords and two of them got away. So they can definitely prove it was us and not just... Random. Someone else? I mean, the thing is, you would probably just blame it on another werewolf pack. 
you'd be like, oh, probably, a, yeah, probably another werewolf pack killed them. But you'd have uh, Maya and Jordan, who could definitely be like, no, it, it was, was vampires. That's true, because werewolves fight amongst themselves all the time. And so this do, is known. And, and I'm sure so do vampires. It's just like the 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 killing of like other downworlder groups is one of the things where it's like that instigates a war. So it's against. The, the accords, accords because the vampires are not supposed to fight with the werewolves are not supposed to fight with the sealy yeah. are not supposed to fight with it just is it, there a fourth one i mean there's a there's a vampires uh, werewolves sealies shadow hunters i mean yeah sh- sure i mean i i, I think, warlocks yeah i mean i was just gonna say i think there's also just other groups we just don't hear about much they tend to get like just clumped into no. sealies kevin but... i will tell you for a fact there is only the four groups of downworlders because i've read the books and I... those are the four who get represented on the downworld council yeah i'm talking though about the, the tv show <laughs> that's true the tv show who knows i think anyone who's not one of the other three is a sealy yeah they just tend to lump them all into or a sealies. demon yeah, like they like they put like the nymph in the sea. There's there are demons, uh, but they're not really like downworlder because all the downworlders are part demon. It doesn't matter. The 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 point is that Griffin is worried about breaking the accords. Heidi is just sort of like, no, don't worry, things are going to be fine because I say so. It's worth mentioning, and I think I'm going to say this now. I don't believe anything she says in this this like whole speech where she's like time for the vampires because nothing else she does makes any sense okay here's the thing heidi has no interest in uplifting anyone except for heidi but i don't but it's not even clear how this uplifts heidi she seems to just have no interest in having a motivation (laughs) she just wants chaos yeah but they like act like she does and this whole speech where she's like give it's also funny that this episode like begins with this thing and then it becomes so clear so quickly that Heidi doesn't believe anything she said here and it does doesn't make clear what she actually believes like this feels like this should be her motivation but yeah. it's not no it's definitely not it's not <laughs> um her motivation could also be to bring down the vampires but it's also not that no well because yeah it, uh, yeah so magnus now wakes up <laughs> as we've had so many of these scenes now so many scenes of either magnus or alec waking up and the other person bringing them orange juice it <laughs> that's how they bond as a couple <laughs> the they only know one thing to do for each character if you're magnus or alec you wake up in bed and your partner brings you breakfast even if you're going to breakfast. Yeah, they do go to breakfast <laughs> in this episode. If you're anyone else, you stare into a fire. Unless you're Clary or Jace, in which case you can sometimes wake up from a dead sleep in a panic. I mean, yeah, Clary can also spar sometimes. I mean, all the Shadowhunters <laughs> could spar, sexy spar sometimes. But yeah, so Magnus wakes up the Institute. He's kind of worried about it's like, hey, am I like allowed to live here? And Alex's like, you're not living here. You're just... Staying here, here for which they say like a lie, but is true. He is he they he actively says he's looking for a new yeah, place to live. He just doesn't have a real estate agent because <laughs> his real estate agent died. Yeah, so yeah, he's just there for an extended stay. So he's just bending the rules. I also, you know, always want to nitpick. Yeah, but I will nitpick by pointing out. That Magnus did set up the wards that keep the Institute safe. Yeah, that has So if any downrolder should get some leeway, it is him, the man who keeps them safe. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if he does that anymore. I don't well, know. They don't seem to know that either. I don't know what's happened to their wards. Um, I, I The thing is that you also might take the same argument and say he doesn't get extra leeway because he has the keys to their security system. So, like... They're like, no, we got to be extra careful with him because, you know, shadow hunters. Are racist. Yeah. Uh, At least the the non-main character ones are. Anyway, so then they go to a cafeteria. They go go to Continental Breakfast. And I hate everything about this cafeteria. (laughs) It's so funny because it's clearly like the idea they're going for here is like military mess hall. We have to have breakfast at a certain time because we are a regimented group. But They're the aesthetics not. are high school cafeteria or continental breakfast. It's there's, so true. There's pancakes day. You see those um, like 
orange juice glass. Like the ones you would get in a hotel. Like you would get at a continental breakfast. And, and it only goes until nine because that's when the continental breakfast ends. And they all have trays. And like, I just, I hate it's, everything about this because it reminds me of everything that's wrong with the show. It's such a hilarious, like, <laughs> like <laughs> collision of them being like, ah, uh, yes, like when you're in the military and you have to have breakfast at a certain time. But also, mm, walking through the high school with your food on your tray. Like, like, guys, when Magnus and Alec walk into the room, literally everyone stops eating and stares at them it, like a scene from Mean Girls. Yeah, no, it literally is very much a scene from Mean Girls, despite the fact that there's not really any consequence to it. And as we do learn, no one actually cares. Underwood kind of cares oh, uh, for under, a minute. Underhill <laughs> continues being... A mystery to us because we do get the shots of him just being like scowling at Magnus and later when he confronts him Magnus is like I understand you're upset that a warlock's here he's like no actually I don't care at all uh I'm (laughs) glad to see that you and Alec are like working out your problems problems. I'm actually very cordial towards you I'm like what is happening look let's be real Underhill is a 35 year old man who wants to sleep with a 20 year old (laughs) he is a problem (laughs) Well, unfortunately, we don't know how old anybody is, because in this scene, they're all high schoolers again. Even Jace, when the Magnus and Alex sit down, Jace is like, well, why are you here? <laughs> it's it, so dumb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do get a quick reminder of what Magnus is going through as he decides he does not, in fact, want this pancake breakfast. And decide, instead transforms it into, like, a fruit platter, which gives him a headache. Because mm-hmm, his magic is not his magic. Mm, his Let's magic just is, not forget. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and Clary just knows that Jonathan is still nearby, still in New York City. But there are patrols looking for him. And also, Izzy is so busy trying to unencrypt that SD card. Yeah, so we kind of got to set up what their plot lines will be. Except for Izzy. She will, will not do that. She will get pulled off. But we do have to remember that is something that she's doing. Uh, what actually happens here, though, is Luke get uh, Luke calls Clary to essentially very quickly tell them of the Jade Wolf, but not any specifics. Like, hey, there are survivors. Maybe go get them. Maybe that will help everything. <laughs> Maybe you should go get the people who were injured but made it through. Because of course he's in he's in jail, so he gets his one call. But they're very you only get twenty seconds of a call. There's no way that's how that's that not- works. <laughs> I have read police reports. If, even, if you waste time and call your lawyer for like three hours, they will get well, mad. Well, I mean, even with the because we know because you you have to use TV logic, and I'm willing to give TV logic some things. And one of those is like you get your call, but he's pushed off the phone in ten seconds. He's not even like he's not even like like doing that thing where they're like, oh, there's pay phones, and you got to stand in line to use them, and like the guy behind you wants to use it. He's sitting in a room waiting to be interrogated, and then. Gets his call, and then immediately the person's like, hey, get off the phone. Well, and then also, it makes zero sense, because he goes into the interrogation scene, where the guy who's interrogating him is like, look, Luke. <laughs> He's not interrogating I him. I 100% know you did not kill those people. He's, he's like, you definitely didn't do I love how he does it based off of, like, character motivation. He's like, you're the guy who, when there was squirrels in the wall, you pulled him out so he didn't kill the squirrels. And I'm like, I think you can just logically go, this man did not murder 20 people without any injury to himself with knives. And within, like... 20 minutes like like he maybe had a 20 minute head start not even they were in the jade wolf for like five minutes before the cops got there and and like you see them picking up evidence and he's like oh is this knife silver but you know there's not just one knife there's got to be a bunch of other knives logically there is no way on god's green earth that luke killed maybe he killed one of them some of those people must have died at the same time (laughs) like (laughs) and like like just Everything about that scene does not scream one person killed all these people. It reads like a gang fight. It does. It's because when he's picked up, he's I don't think he's I think he only has blood on his hands. Because he had just closed Russell's <laughs> eyes. Yeah. But so so it's funny having this guy be like, ah, well, just as a character wise, I'm the only one who believes your character says you're innocent. <laughs> Every other like 
is supervisor investigator guy we saw says like nah your character says you're guilty you're definitely guilty because your ex-partner's mother was murdered so it's got to be you because usually like he like they think he's guilty and also the evidence can kind of push that way in this case this guy thinks he's innocent the evidence can in no way link him to this <laughs> <laughs> and yet and yet he's still like uh no i'm pleading guilty and I don't think that even that, it, like, I understand obviously if you plead guilty, they're just like, well, I mean, you know, he's pleading guilty, clearly. They still have to do some form of investigation. Yeah, and the plea, like, <laughs> the state has to choose to press charges. And it seems to me, like, at this point, the he, state is like, no. So it's just Luke screaming there, press charges against me, and them being like, you clearly didn't do it. Look, I don't know what sort of guilty conscience you have, I, I but... Just, I just, like... This is a trope that is now has popped up like a few times, uh, which we've saw it in Riverdale with Archie. Yeah, I think we might have seen it in the OC I with be Ryan. Surprised. Um, but I know I've seen it a few things, which is the I'm not guilty of the crime I'm being accused of, but I'm guilty of something, so I will plead guilty to this crime for like you know punishment reasons of penance. Now the the whole guilty conscious motivation I think is fine actually like we actually see that with, with Raphael and I think it's done yeah. like 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 that is a fine motivation and we've seen it with Jace before too yeah and it's the idea of like well when Jace got in the fight with a guy and he did it in a very aggressive way where he almost wanted to get hurt yeah like that is a fine motivation what always like twinges me is when it crosses over to like oh I have this like emotional mental thing so what I need to do is use the structure of law and order <laughs> to receive the punishment I want. Like, it's just, there's always, a, it's just a weird line to cross into being like, I am guilty, I know I'm not guilty of this crime. I'm guilty of another crime. But I should be, I should have the law, the law punish me for this crime for the other thing that I'm feeling guilt for. Always like- Okay, in- but isn't Luke literally- just upset because he left the pack because he was devastated because both Clary and Jocelyn had been killed from his perspective. And also he felt guilty about the fact that Ollie stalked him into being a part of the shadow world. Like that's why he left the pack. Yeah. I mean, his exact reasonings, like the exact reasoning seems very much around Clary, but clearly you can take it as like a buildup of stuff. The, and now he wants to take responsibility for this because he left the pack and that's yeah. the reason that everyone got murdered. Yeah, and like it's it's I never like applying too much logic to like very Emotions. emotional and like grief based situations. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Luke's character and like so later on we'll eventually have like Clary and Jay sneak in to talk to him. Um and Luke will kind of explain this, essentially. <laughs> um but like Luke is his character has always been defined by loss, by loss of things. Yeah, he's always lost. And, and obviously, like, lose it. Like, obviously, that doesn't mean, like, hey, man, get over it. But it it feels out of sorts for him to decide. It's, it's, it's the matter of what he's deciding. Is that, like, it's fine if he feels guilty. He feels like he should face some sort of repercussions for abandoning his um, pack because mm-hmm. that's what he feels he did, even though, like, you know, lo- you can apply as much logic as you want to it. He feels that way. But the way that he decides to go through it is I should be arrested for their murder because I am at fault for... Because I don't know if he feels like I would... No, he he actively says, if I were there... It would have gone differently. Yes, yeah, that's that's what he believes. Like I, I feel like I would just buy into the storyline more if it had happened. Remember when Jocelyn died and Luke went like running through the woods no, as a wolf? I mean, that's sort of what I mean. Time? That is how we've seen Luke deal with yeah. things like that. And so I would have bought in with this more if he had done that. Yeah, it just, and, may, and maybe he hurt someone while he was being a wild wolf in the woods. Yeah, you I know, know? I, I, I've never seen the. I should face legal repercussions for the guilt I feel internally and not felt. Come on, man. Because, I mean, a lot of the times it also means, like, in Archie's case, we, I, guess, I don't know if we even discussed in Archie's case, that means he's letting a murderer get free. Yeah, it's true. In, in this case, it's less of that because, like, there are... Because the police are not finding the vampires. Yeah, he's like, no, I called the Shadow Hunters to deal with the vampire side of things. There's less of that. But for yeah. ones that don't have this magical element, 
there is that sort of thing where it's like, well, but somebody else actually did commit the crime. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway, so speaking of those survivors, yep. um, Simon and Maya are just driving around in the van. I guess they dropped Jordan off with the Praetors. And now he's going to be fine. That's that's what they say. He's He will be fine. Which I guess. Off screen. I mean, the, the, they said that he's just got to get to the Praetors and get that. Yeah, my, my brain is just like super broken because I'm trying. Like, I thought they were doing a thing where they were like desperately trying to get back to the book storylines. Mm. And Jordan does die in the books. But like now with everything that's happened, I don't think they can get to that. And so I'm just like, what is happening? Um but yeah, so they're on a road trip back to Queens. We got a little bit of Maya's uh, mental state, which is that, yeah, she lost her other family, and she really wants to make Heidi pay. She she has has figured out and okay, targeted yes. the proper person behind it. How? That's my question. How does, I mean, obviously, Because Jordan, duh, to, it's Jordan told her. But Jordan doesn't actually know it's Heidi's fault. Jordan knows that he went there, and he, like, riled up the vampires yeah. because he was trying to find Heidi. But they know that Heidi encanto Nora. So they know that Heidi tricked him to go there. Admittedly, yes, the, them coming back to get him is a bit of a leap to that being Heidi. Mm-hmm. But Maya does know Heidi was Heidi's the one. the piece that like, yeah, ties he- it together. Heidi tricked Jordan into assaulting the Demort, which then they the Demort people came back to attack him. So like she has taken a bit of a leap not i would say an unreasonable one if you want to look at what is the core thing that started all of this was heidi tricking jordan into going to attack because because obviously that has to be the outcome was the the vampires attacking again otherwise she just wanted jordan to go and like attack the uh the demort for fun well and hilariously (laughs) i feel like if it were just up to griff and heidi weren't there he would have been like I'm offended, but okay. I mean, no, he said that. He said he did not want to yeah. do it, I, except for Heidi kind of like, even when they were outside the Jade Wolf, Griffin was like, I actually think this maybe is not a good idea. And then Heidi's like, no, no, no. It's a great idea. I'm not going in, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, I cannot get over how any of those vampires would decide to listen. Like, she does not come off as a very convincing person. No. Her being like, I will, you all go in and get most of you killed and maybe only Jordan survived. No, at least four of them survived. But, uh, Griffin. Yeah, Griffin and four others, because they, yeah. they list the ones who survived. Yeah, we see them. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't go in. Like, she doesn't do, nothing she says sounds like it should be convincing to like 300 year old vampires who definitely have heard this from every new vampire right 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 yes no agreed (laughs) that's why this is so dumb yeah okay okay so so izzy updates alec about the jade wolf incident (laughs) because this is where where it became clear it was like oh right luke could not get that much information now because she's like I looked around for survivors, but I couldn't find anyone. But I also couldn't find Maya and Jordan's body. Like, so all, all it's it is infuriating to me that all Luke had to say was, my, "Like they attack, sent, they attack the Jade Wolf. They attack the Jade Wolf. Maya and Jordan are alive. They're dropping Jordan off with the Praetors. Like I, we talked about this when we talked about um, Jordan, like shouting out in that thing where I where like I'm of the mind that I don't think I would blame someone in a tense situation like yeah. that to not like shout out important information. He's on the phone talking calmly well, to he's, someone. He's also a cop he's, and a former shadow hunter, so he knows exactly well, what information he has to put out there. Well, like his specific job, his not job, his specific purpose in calling Clary was to get her information so she could like deal with the Jade Wolf situation. And there are survivors is the most pertinent piece of information. It's infuriating that that wasn't gotten out. And that does seem to like, like kind of cascade. Oh yeah, it ripple effects. Because <sighs> Heidi arrives with the information they need about that incident at the Jade Wolf. Yeah, because she knows who massacred the werewolves. So, like, I'm like, okay, so she's turning on Griffin so she can be, like... In charge? In charge. I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit. When she does, like, return to the Demore and they're like, hey, people came in and arrested Griffin and those guys. She's like, there's a traitor among us. We're going to need to figure out who they are. I'm like... What? What? 
what like what does that what is applying more suspicion inside the vampires do for you because guess what you're the most likely traitor you're the newest person and you're the only one who was there who didn't who get didn't arrested go in. so it's here's the thing i actually there's so much of heidi that i really really enjoy because like she's chaotic she, evil well she is um no that's the part i actually dislike the most about her what i do like about her is that she definitely is like unabashedly as from the audience perspective like a villainous character mm-hmm. she does villainous things she likes to hurt people likes to do all those things but she's had just enough like bad things happen to her for her to be able to apply on sympathy and she does they they do that so well by having her just like constantly pulling out like these um these like sympathetic these sympathetic cards where she was like oh well you know how sad it is to be transformed and then you're uh, you know, you're kept in a, you know, a basement and you're like experimented on, like revealing the thing about uh, Raphael in front of Alec to. Okay, well, I want to point that out. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Because I'm sorry. I don't know what the accords of the TV show are, yeah. but there is no way by the angel that the accords say <laughs> vampires can't do experiments on other vampires. Yeah. There's no way the Shadowhunters <laughs> I, care about what they do within their clans. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I I was also going to mention that. It's fine if he was like, morally, that's effed up. Mm-hmm. But, but there's no way the accords are that nitty gritty because we know what the Shadowhunters are like. I can't imagine they're like, oh, we're also going to... I also can't imagine the vampires agreeing to that. Oh, also we're going to inject, like, our stuff into... Like, your internal yeah. system. We're going to control what you do within your clans. That, that'll be, like, be, being things where it's like, oh, you can only have this building. Or, oh, packs can only be of this size. Like, like, like they, they could, but that makes the Accords that much more oppressive. Yeah. And they can't really decide if the Accords are oppressive or are not oppressive, right? Right, because I thought I thought the point of the Accords was that to stop fighting among the groups. Not within the groups, yeah. among the groups. But, but, but there's also supposed to be things in there to, like, curb Shadowhunter power. Yeah. Because they mentioned things like, like, oh, Shadowhunters can also break the Accords by just, like, killing vampires for no reason. Yeah. Like, or killing any downloads for no reason would also break the Accords. So clearly it is an accord. It is a thing they all agreed on. And I cannot imagine that in-depth, like, reaching into the inner workings at all. Can you imagine the Sealy Queen signing an accord that says that she can't torture her underlings? <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. We do think that they, like, I kind of, I imagine the Shadowhunters being like, we don't think you vampires should torture your underlings, but there's no way they'd be able to get that in the accords, right? Well, and they also, to be fair, if we are to trust what the, like, upper ups of the Shadowhunters are like, yeah. I don't think they care if the yeah, Downwarders I mean, do bad things to each that, other. That's also the thing. They I, just want to keep the peace. I think they honestly just don't care. They, as, as long as it's vampires killing vampires and not openly in front of like, like, hey, if you want to- In front keep, of mundanes. Yeah. If yeah. Raphael keeping someone in a basement. Like, I, I think maybe the argument they could be like, maybe he broke the accords because she got out. <laughs> <laughs> imagine if it's Alec being like look Izzy it's fine he was doing it in the basement but unfortunately now she's out and now she's doing things now she's killing werewolves but unfortunately part of the deal is that she gets like full Amnesty. immunity so which means he can't be arrested either because she didn't do anything wrong so how could he do anything wrong <laughs> he didn't make a mistake by letting Heidi go free there is no weapons of mass destruction right they, they have a habit of of sometimes just like using the word accords like the smurfs would use the word smurf or they're just like ah well the accords are according and if you don't accord the accords then accord will accord 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 <laughs> but but just to finish up what i was saying about Heidi and her yes. whole thing i think there's a lot of cool stuff with her of being a bad guy by being essentially someone who like is uh, like making her unabashedly just like villainous and loving hurting people, but having her like ply on what could be a very sympathetic background, yeah. but using it to enhance her own like doing things to hurt people is great. Except we have no idea what she wants. And it seems, and they seem to also rely too much on her just being like, oh, well, she's crazy and chaotic. Well, because like, what she used to want. Yeah. Was to have Simon to herself. Yes. She was obsessed with Simon. And now 
First, you could make an argument. It's yeah. a bad argument. You don't have a lot of evidence. You could make an argument that she couldn't get Simon to herself. So she is trying to get rid of all of the things that Simon likes. And well, Simon likes Maya, so they have to kill the werewolves. Yeah, like, I, I would... I guess. Like, there there are definitely headcanon stuff you could say. You could say, oh, no, she is actually trying to just be in charge of the vampires. And she's using the whole, like, there could be a traitor thing to, like... Be able to later be like, oh, that person who's questioning me, they're definitely the traitor. Like, you could make arguments like that. There's a lot of things you could do, but the show itself just seems to be like, no, she does chaos. And it doesn't even feel like she's just reactive because, like, yeah, maybe she went against the werewolves because the werewolves were chasing her. So she's like, okay, I'll do this whole convoluted plan to get Jordan killed because he's the oh, traitor who came after me. Yeah. And that is why the, when they went there, they said, we want Jordan. Yeah. So, like, that you could argue makes sense. But then after that, when she starts doing these things to the vampire, feels like she's working towards a bigger plan. But that will fall apart. Yeah. Like, maybe we had a bit more where it's very clear that she's reacting. Like, if she hears that the shadow, like, like, um, like maybe, maybe when he introduces, oh, two of them escape, she's like, oh, God, I have to go and yes. turn on them to, to try to, like, get out of this. But we don't get any scenes of just Heidi's inner self, which I think maybe we should have seen. Because that is a logical thing for her being like, oh... Uh, Griffin came here. He told me two witnesses got away. They'll definitely tell the Shadow Hunters. I got to get out in front of this. I'll just turn on Griffin. Well, and Heidi is crazy enough yeah. that you could do a scene of her talking to herself. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to have another character. Or even just have the actress, like, do a concerned face. Like, after he says that, she does her thing. She turns away. She's like, concerned face. Or she gives some sort of, like, acting emotion to be like, oh, no, I have to deal with this. Because most of the stuff it does, it does seem like she's just, like, you could make the argument that she's just kind of, like, cleaning up her tracks. But the time she does them doesn't always make sense. Well, and especially giving her that speech at the beginning of the episode really messes things up, I think. Yeah, because, like, even if she's lying, it's not... it. It's too much having the audience make suppositions that you didn't even make clues towards. And I do love letting the audience figure stuff out, but you have to leave a look. You have to leave a moment. You have to leave something to, like... I mean, she'll die in this episode. Yeah. But even her inner ending, it doesn't feel like that clears up anything about what she was doing. Like, she could have been portrayed as, I am someone who's trying to survive and things are just getting out of hand. But then why does she have this whole thing where she's like, now it's time for vampires to take the shadow hunters down. Yeah, no, it, no, no, cause, no, cause no. Because what, what does pumping the vampires up like that do, do for you, Heidi, is the question. I don't so know. anyway, moving on, we have this little short scene where Clary and Jay sneak into the interrogation room and talk to Luke. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about this we already. already talked about it, yeah. They do have a plan, though, and the plan is that Simon will like, canto the lieutenant. Yeah. And then... So he's like, no, 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 everyone. <laughs> so the lieutenant seems to be on his side, so... Yeah, so... I mean, but that's because they, they don't realize that what Luke wants to do is actually turn himself in. But Clary needs her dad. Yeah. And that's what Luke, he's like, you're, whatever the case, Luke, you're abandoning someone. Okay, so then. Um, the Shadowhunters prepare to go get Griffith and the people out of the Demort. And then Underwood makes this weird snarky comment where he's like, oh, when we go with the vampires, you want to do things by the book. What is Underhill, <laughs> Underhill, Underwood's. Underhill, it's Underhill. What is Underhill's deal this episode well because once again when we see him actually talk to magnus he's actually fine so they're like setting him up to be the person who's angry that magnus is there but he's not he, uh... <laughs> well he, well no specifically he's not because it's not by the book yeah yeah uh okay so that scene happens and then a character from our past comes on in hey remember gia penhallow the console. Remember how she has a daughter, Aline. Yes. Aline's back. Yep. She's uh sort of talked to Jace about how the fact that you know she's one of the many people hunting Jonathan, and she's like, you know, if Clary just dies, <laughs> Jonathan would also die. And Jace is like, 
Why would you think making that point <laughs> to, to me, me <laughs> would help? I, I guess she understands he, since, since he's the one who probably would most stand in the way. So she's like, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna, I guess, try to figure out first how his reaction is to killing his, his girlfriend, the love of his life. So let's see how he feels about that. <laughs> he does not like it. Uh, Griffin gets arrested. Uh, Maya essentially like IDs him, but Heidi is not among the people getting arrested. So Maya's like, "Well, hold on a second. Where is Heidi? I mean, yes, he was there. I saw him kill." <laughs> Kill Russell. Russell. Not the other four. The other four, I guess, were just also involved. Doing murder. But specifically, Griff did kill Russell. Yeah. Who I didn't like, but... Uh, he, he's better near the end, honestly. Uh, but Heidi isn't there. so And he's like, well, I mean, Heidi's the one who turned a man. We gave her, like, full... Like, amnesty. Amnesty. And then Maya's like, but if you called me, I could have ID'd all of them. And then Alec is like... Well, you weren't in the room, were you? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but that seems like your problem, Alex. Well, I mean, no, I'm going to go back to it's Luke it not is Luke's explaining problem. that there was a survivor. Because as far as they were concerned, like, yeah, they could be dead, and you can't just wait around seeing if the dead people will come back. Luke, you're a cop. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. And Luke was like not like he was not a part of the fight. He didn't have adrenaline. There is no excuse well, on the no, part of the show. Well, no, we said that he yes, because he was sitting in a room afterwards after he had thought about who he needs to call and what he needs to tell yeah. them. We've already gone over that. Okay, so anyway, um Underhill, he's back. He is given Magnus the, <laughs> the keys, entire episode. The physical well, no, he went out to get the vampires yeah. and now he's back. Yeah. And apparently his job is to give Magnus the physical keys to the Institute. And he is the head of security. That's right, he is. Yes, he is. Did you forget that? Yes. <laughs> no, he's the head of security. In my head, I was like, this should be Izzy's job. You no. know, Izzy. No, <laughs> Underhill is introduced as the head of security. Look, Underhill is a 35-year-old man who wants to sleep with Alec. Eric, it is astounding to me you remember his name, but not he's the head of security, because I don't remember his name. I only refer to him as the head of security, because that's all he ever does is head of security yeah. stuff. I only think of him as a man who wants to sleep with Alec, so... So, yeah, this is the scene where he like he's first testing to Magnus, and Magnus is like, do you have like, a problem? And he's like, no, I don't. I just, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm glad to see you and Alec. Yeah, because- he's he's legitimately happy. Like once Magnus goes, like I'm only here temporarily. I am looking for a place to live, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't realize it was temporary." I ho- I'm glad you and Alec are figuring things out. I don't know what Underhill thought was happening because he gets <laughs> happy when he learns it's temporary, right? But he's also happy that they're working things out. So is it? We we constantly think he has feelings for Alec, but that never actually manifests. No, nothing ever follows through. Like, we, Underhill has never made a move yeah. on Alec. When we, when we thought he was, he was actually just very happy because he also, I think, had feelings for a downworlder. Or, or he was just happy that Alec was like a, a, a gay man who yes, was in so, charge. Kevin, I can never remember <laughs> if the problem that the Shadow Hunters have is with downworlders or with same-sex couples. It's, it's with downworlders. It, they, the, the show doesn't do like um doesn't really do the like gay like conservatism thing but they'll hint at it well that's the thing because the the books the books have like tons and tons of same-sex couples and throuples and like lots of different sexualities the tv show has not had a single same-sex couple that does not involve a Dan Rolder. Yeah. So yeah. we are actually not sure what the issue is on the show. Well, well, I mean, they have a lot of times specifically said it is Downworlder stuff, but there's been like. It's just so coded. Like, let, just throw like, <laughs> just throw a lesbian couple in the background. You have like 11,000 shadow extras. I'm sure they, I'm pretty sure that some of the shadow, there was a shadow hunters couple. But there, there are like numerous canon yeah. shadow hunter couples that they could really just like throw one in there and use the names and like make all of the book fans I, delighted. I mean, the I the, I don't think that the, the, I think necessarily the the weird thing about this is that they that clearly whenever they do these the plot lines they always do it on um the uh like the dating a downworlder thing yeah. 
But then they'll occasionally have things like Underhill. I think he was like happy of seeing essentially like a, a gay person, like a gay man. I think maybe gay man, maybe gay any gay person would have been happy. But like like as like head of institute stuff, which seems to imply there is that feeling in the Shadow Hunters, but doesn't reflect anywhere else. Is essentially what we land on there. Yeah, but like in the original canon, which obviously they're going to do what they're going to do. Aline mm-hmm. is notoriously in a couple with another woman who is half Seely, and this is like a very important part of Aline's character. Yeah, I mean, we, so don't, just like, we don't have time for all that. But, but she's figures. not a main character. Like, she's a tertiary. What's lower than tertiary? Quadratively? Yeah. Supporting. Support. <laughs> like, I just... I don't, I don't think the show is trying to do a gay pan and conservatism thing. But I think they're somehow accidentally doing it, and it bothers me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, he, uh, Magnus, the big thing about this scene is Magnus hears from Underhill that Ma- Underhill heard that him and Alec, Alec were, were having, having some problems. differences. Uh, Heidi, this is where this is the scene where Heidi returns to, like, see more traitor talk into the vampires. Uh, but Izzy, Izzy's job is to go collect Raphael yes. from the soup kitchen where he works. Yes, because we, we've already discussed that that whole thing has been now revealed to Alex. Like, you got to bring him in because somehow this, we just have to, like, we already talked about it makes no sense, but we're just going to have to accept it does break the accords, so he has to be brought in, I guess. Even though he spent the last three months to two weeks trying to make up for what he did. Y- yeah, but like, if if you want, if you want, if you're gonna, if we're gonna accept that the Accords say those things. He did contain and torture a woman for quite a bit of time. So him working at a like, if from the point of view of like, oh, we have to do the right thing. Yeah. Anyway, go he is also very chill and very okay about this. He really believes that everything that has happened to him. Is God's will oh, and it's going to make him a better person. He's very chill and very Catholic about this whole thing. He wants Izzy to do her her duty and he's going to also do his yep. duty. Yep. All Claire, right. Yep. Clary spends some time boxing out her rage uh, until Aline comes in. Okay. And Aline goads her into, like they spar. Yeah, they spar. But Aline spends the entire sparring match goading Clary well, into attacking well, her. she spends the entire sparring match questioning Clary's allegiance. Like, we, we understand what's happening here. Aline has already, impl- like, suggested the idea that, like, hey, you know, is Clary worth keeping Jonathan around and all the people he's killing? So yeah. clearly she's here being like, oh, I could just kill Clary. But... She spends the entire time questioning her allegiance, which feels weird. Well, and then she is surprised <laughs> oh, yeah. when Clary finally oh, yeah. is pushed too far and Cl- lashes out. Yeah, so Clary like uh, sits on like sits on her chest and just like pounds on her face, and then then immediately after, Aline's like, "That's not normal." I'm like, wait, you you goaded someone, and we're surprised that they reacted. You. And you were in a physical <laughs> fight with them already. I'm not. I'm not saying that what Clary did, like, is is like, ah, oh, it's perfectly reasonable. If you do something like that, someone is allowed then to sit on you and pound on your face. But the specific wording Aline said was that was not normal. And the only thing I can imagine was her being like, shadow hunters aren't supposed to have emotions. Something Which... we have. Def- <laughs> In, we have heard so many times, <laughs> but we reject every time. Well, I mean, the reason Aline went in there and and goaded her was because she was emotional about her cousin getting yep. killed. Yep. So it's just so weird that they're like, it, like they're they're trying to set up a thing with like a Clary's being influenced By or something Jonathan. there, but not. That's what that's what a lot of this episode is. There's a lot of moments where they'll say something, but they won't like do the work to actually make it a thing that we that as an audience should accept. Yeah, because I don't think Clary was influenced by Jonathan. I think Clary was upset that this woman was needling her while they were sparring. Yeah, well, well, Clary is definitely going through stuff like the fact that she did let her brother brother go and. You know, she's like dealing with her emotions, dealing with things like that. And then Elite <laughs> comes in and is like, hey, I think you're actually working with Jonathan. And I think you like Valentine well, and, and things like, like that. You let your brother buy you a bottle of water. <laughs> that makes you bad. That was the, 
Also, like, I know Lee doesn't know the timing, but it is very funny that that happened before she knew he was. Like, she sent him off while he was buying the bottle of water was when she found out he was. She got the phone call and then she did the test on her hand and figured it out. Yeah. So it's just, it just, it's very... It, not from character stuff. There's a lot of stuff in talking about this episode where I'm not talking about like what the characters do. I am talking about writing decisions. And there's a lot of moments where they just decide like, ah, this will show that yeah. that there's something wrong with Clary when it doesn't really show that except for you telling us that. And that's the thing. I think there should be something wrong with Clary. And I, I mean, think, clearly I something's think, going yeah, on. Yeah, the, the rune is affecting her. Yeah. So write that better but, yeah but like this scene doesn't show that and if, if they did not tell us that i wouldn't have gotten that from that scene honestly if she had a normal sparring match with jace yeah and then she started punching jace out of nowhere Yo, i'd be like oh or, gosh or even if aline did not spend the entire match goading like questioning her allegiance goading her and prompting her to essentially punch her in the face a whole bunch like we we already know there's danger there because Aline, what Aline wants, they could have just had like a almost innuendo type yeah. match where it's like there's some hints going on here, but then like, you know, Aline goes a bit too far and then Clary just like immediately, then maybe something there. Yeah. Uh, so Simon's whole plan, Simon Maya's whole plan to try to like get, try to, try to, you know, get Heidi is that they're going to go check out Nora, you know, the high school bully Heidi decided to rope into all of this <laughs> and hopefully just unencanto her. And just get the truth that Heidi told Nora yeah. to well, just, just, just unravel it. Well, yeah, well, essentially learn that Heidi did not call Talk with the Demore. And just that Heidi, uh, like, you know, is involved. Yeah. Uh, because they know that Heidi attacked her, but they don't know that the whole thing about, like, the call that Heidi made being like, I'm going to, uh, blah, is, is yeah. fake. Okay, and then, I'm going to be real. Yeah. This might be the most broken scene <laughs> in this broken episode. For no reason at all, crazy Heidi, who has no plan, decides to go to the hospital. Yeah, like Heidi does not know that Jordan and Maya and Simon are the survivors. Oh no, she knows that it's Jordan and Maya because Griffin told her. Griffin said there were two survivors. Griffin said Griffin said Jordan, the and, Maya. and his girlfriend. Yes, well, okay. I, I think he, yeah, I think he said Jordan the and the other girl. I I think he, I'm pretty sure he said exactly who survived. I I just think Heidi making the connection that they're like. Oh, Simon was there. Simon was the one who took Nora to the hospital. Better go and kill Nora. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think it has actually nothing to do with Simon and that. I think essentially it just comes down to she's still tying up loose ends. It just doesn't feel like Nora should have been that onto her radar. Yeah. If, if Without having something that, like, cued her into, oh, Nora is still a loose end. Because that's kind of what she's doing a lot here is... Because... Is her time of loose ends? I should finish yeah. that. The because the last thing we saw from her was that whole like, oh, there's another traitor. We're gonna have to find who the traitor is so that we can like protect our ourselves. Don't and then worry. she goes to the hospital. And then she goes to the hospital. Like it it's also she has no reason to know where Nora is. Let's be real. I mean, she's a she's a vampire. I'm uh, sure. Anyway, she... my note is for no reason whatsoever, <laughs> Heidi is there first. And I think that note stands. We don't yeah. need to dig into I... Why it's no reason whatsoever. For no reason whatsoever, yeah. Heidi is there first. I, I do want to just bring up this thing. Because I'm I'm one of those people who defends, like, coincidences. Because coincidences are, like, I, I think they're perfectly fine for fiction. It makes them interesting. It makes things like that interesting. I agree with it's just, you. It's just, it's just as you're saying. I am not disagreeing with you. I'm yeah. building on what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just interesting that Heidi, that Heidi's decision to go to Nora seemed seem based on nothing when I don't it never seemed clear to me that Heidi saw Nora as a loose end based on what we know of Heidi like she definitely was a loose end but, but it's not know. Heidi Heidi 100% would see Nora as disposable and I'll be honest the Nora thing happened so long ago on this TV show mm-hmm. <laughs> that she was also not a loose end to me. Like, this was nothing. Well, I, I, just, I just don't nothing know. Nothing. It's if, not even a coincidence. This is nothing. <laughs> I just don't know if Heidi is aware enough to be like, oh, definitely they'll go find her, unencanto 
her. It, it also requires them realizing that she tricked, that Nora tricked them. It, it, it feels like something that a character not Heidi would do. Like, it feels like something that someone who has, like, plans with, like, Lilith would do something like that. Lilith has plans but, within plans within plans. But Lilith would have thought of this beforehand and had, like, a, like, a, what's it called? A, uh, like, a, a trigger built into Nora that would go off if they showed up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. That is better. <laughs> this is just dumb, and for no reason, Heidi is there, and then she actually does yeah, something really cool. She encantos Nora to stop breathing. Well, I, I think what really co- comes down to it makes this kind of, like, annoying is that... So, Heidi does this, which... I guess the reason that happened is so they could arrive, they could hear that her friend was here, so that Maya would go off and chase after Heidi, um, and then Magnus would heal Nora so they could get the evidence. But, like, there's a lot around it that just doesn't make enough sense to, like, what they wanted to get out of it. It feels like they could have done it a different way. (laughs) So all of this is going on. We have a really short scene where we find out that Magnus is, like, miffed about Underhill because he's He's handsome. Oh, yeah, he's he's clearly jealous. jealous. And Alex's like, oh, my God, you're actually jealous. He's like, no, I'm not (laughs) jealous. It's a very, it's actually a very cute scene. It's funny. It takes something that you think is like a really big problem, and it's not. Underhill's not upset that Magnus is there. Magnus is not actually that upset that um Alec told someone about their problem. Because Alec is like, I don't know, because I wanted to talk to someone. I wanted to talk to my well, friend. You, you didn't even know him. I'm like, Magnus, you do not know how close Alec is with anyone. And also, I don't think he didn't tell him any in-depth things. He's just like, ah, I just having you know trouble at home. <laughs> It's so, so cute. It's, it's it's very nice. Uh, but yeah, then Alec gets a call from Simon with a line that I love, which is the Alec. It's Simon, the daylighter. And Alec goes, "Yes, I know who you are." <laughs> it just I love when the show remembers when people don't interact that much. So you do have things like Simon and Alec, two guys we know very much. But Simon being like, I don't really know who Alec is, so I guess I'll just call the head of the institute and introduce myself. <laughs> The daylighter. This entire scene reminded me why Alec and Magnus are my favorite characters <laughs> on the show. All right. Um, so we've, a lot of things happened that we uh, that we talked about. Yeah. But the big thing is that Clary, after, you know, punching Alien in the face, goes for a walk. And she ends up going to the same place that Jonathan just happens to be walking uh, by. Isn't this the place where she ran into the owl, Jace? Here's the problem, Aaron. It is a TV show, so when they reuse sets, I can never tell if it's poignant or the set they have access to. I could if not... they If they do not address it specifically yeah. on screen, I cannot ever make the assumption that this is a poignant location. Well, and in this episode, there are, like, little seats you can sit on and yeah. fairy lights. And I think maybe when it was Jace, they didn't have those things. And the river is just a place you well, run into people sometimes. Well, it's just like like under the Brooklyn Bridge or something. The the And I think it actually it's stronger if it is just a random place. Because the entire point is that Clary's there and Jonathan's there. And Clary's like, ah, you lured me here. And he's like, ah, you lured me here. <laughs> is this and a trap? <laughs> they both just got drawn there by accident. Jonathan yeah. has an appointment he has to get to. But that darn ruin on their chest I mean, the, bringing yeah. them together. I mean, the, yeah. I, yes, I, that, that I, is its purpose. Actually, yeah, I absolutely believe that's the purpose of yeah, it. Yeah, it is <laughs> the purpose. It has linked them together so they just uh, subconsciously go by similar places. Uh, and this scene is mostly just Jonathan, you know, taunting Clary being like, you like me! <laughs> no, no, he says, you love me. I mean, yes. Because but, Jonathan yeah. doesn't understand normal love and does want to sleep with his sister, yes, he, he, and he, we he, cannot forget that. He only, he, he only understands zero and a hundred. Uh, but yeah, this is mostly just him taunting Clary, being like, ah, yeah, we're, we're cool. <laughs> I mean, I like to imagine the scene of him just being like, ah, look at the two of us, and Clary being like, leave me alone, please. So then Magnus does some magic to heal Nora, and yep. he gets that ear ringing. Yep. It's happening. Yep. Apparently, Nora can prove that. I, I Once again, I assume the thing is that, yeah, no, I didn't actually did not hear. Uh, yeah. Well, how it, do you say that? Yeah, how do you say that thing? But Maya has already, like, ran off and, fa- and found her. She picked, we, we did see her pick up a syringe as she went, but she has tracked Heidi down. 
and they're going to do a fight. Yep. Heidi's going to be so full of banter during the fight. And it did remind me how much I love Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. When she, Heidi's on, she is on. Oh, yeah. Because, like, even when she's, like, caught pretty much dead to rights, she loves sticking to her story just for a bit of end of the line gaslighting. It's, like, not until right near the end. She's like, yeah, fine. I, I killed all of them. Who cares? <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to kill you now. So. And then she bites Maya because she's yeah. going to kill her. But, ooh, Maya was very clever. She injected herself with holy water. Ooh. And I'm like, yeah, because it would only kill Heidi if Heidi tried to kill her. It's like the eptimum of self-defense. Like, the, it's, 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 a, it's a decent plan. Yeah, it's a pretty good plan. If yeah. Heidi was not going to break the accords. Yeah, it would not have killed her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, like here's the thing. I'm... And we'll, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna get to the scene where Maya uh, does actually like get talk a talking to from Alec and then Simon, uh, where I think maybe the impression they even supposed to put in the audience is like Maya did something wrong, like which like yeah yeah you, you, you know you know what you you definitely it is a it is a gray area there, um, but like once again going from the idea that they they're, they're saying something but what they're showing does not back up what they're saying. Specifically, what Maya did was she set up a situation where if Heidi tried to kill her, Heidi would die instead. And it's a it's a bit different from Simon's like uh, Mark of Cain because that one was sevenfold, which mm-hmm. means someone would not have to try to kill you for your thing to kill them. Yes, and then they could die. In this episode earlier. We get like a line, a spe- like specifically a cutaway, which almost I thought was like going to like set this thing up. Which is they mention when the Shadowhunters are going to go assault the Demort, they have watered down holy water, which would be non-lethal. Which to me, on screen, says that holy water can be diluted to non-lethal amounts. Mm-hmm. She injected into her bloodstream water into her bloodstream. Number one didn't die which means that it is diluted in her blood the amount of blood that that Heidi would have to drink to get past the non-lethal stage which we know is possible from the same episode to the immediately die stage has to be so much blood right like Maya could have just been trying to incapacitate Heidi so she could bring her in herself. I mean, we, we, because she didn't trust the shadow hunters yeah. to bring her we, in. I mean, we know that Maya. Argument. Well, we yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean it's, it's Maya. We well, know what Maya's like. We know we know Maya was trying to kill her. The point that I that I essentially want to point out because like I don't think honestly a good uh, thing of self defense is uh, goading someone and then being able to kill them, but they did. It feels like they did such a good job in this episode of already circumventing that that argument of like, oh, but, you know, Maya goaded her. Like, yeah, she goaded her into a fight, but not into killing her. Heidi could have not killed her. Mm-hmm. Heidi could have not bitten her. Well, Heidi I- could have done, like, when you're, I don't think it's right to be like, oh, well, when you fight a vampire, you just have to expect they'll drink enough of your blood. To get around the dilution. Well, especially because they have fought Raphael yeah. numerous times on the show. And Raphael has never bit yeah. anyone. It's it's just it's just funny to me that, like, they do have this ending here where you're like, oh, man, did Maya do the right thing? But in the episode itself, they set up. It's, I don't have to do, like, headcanon stuff. The episode itself sets up that, that like... It, like that like essentially like it sets up the argument itself well and to be fair like did maya do the right thing no maya did work simon says yeah in the scene he wants to follow the rules he yeah. wants to follow the system he didn't do it the and right she way was clearly working outside of the system yeah. and she was clearly hoping yeah that heidi would die yeah and like, and like that is an interesting like thing but i don't know if they're going to go into it and also it's i feel like it's almost too complex of a thing for a show which which, well, which usually has to give you some form of an answer one way or another, especially like a main character. Yeah. If she was like a secondary character, you could leave it open up to like, what do you think, audience? But like, because like, 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 she, we, from all the stuff we saw, she set up in such a way that the only way Heidi would die from the evidence we're presented in the episode mm-hmm. from that earlier line with the diluted holy water, she set up in such a way the only way she would die or the Heidi would die is if Heidi tried to kill her. Not if Heidi tried to like kind of injure her. Like Heidi, I think would have had to drink enough blood 
to, to kill al- her, to almost kill her. It's it's unfortunate. Like Hi- Maya, do- Maya doesn't seem that much worse for wear, which makes me think that's not on purpose. But but she is a vampire, or sorry, she is a werewolf, and they do regenerate quickly. This yeah, is true. known. Yeah. Anyway, it's ironic yeah. that um, I hate Maya <laughs> when Maya is doing all her like hating Jordan stuff and like yeah. running off into the night. Yeah. But this, I'm like, no, no. Maya did kill a woman. A vampire. Yeah. And she is correct. Yeah. Like, it, it's just funny that if they wanted to do this, they really had to have her kill Nora, or not Nora, had kill Heidi in a different way. Like, like some way that would have made it the ending, I think, maybe be a bit more gray. It just feels... Maybe stake her or something. Or maybe even just don't have that earlier scene where they talk about the diluted, which doesn't matter at all. Like, the, now that we know that you can dilute holy water down to a non-lethal amount, just... Knowing it, it means yeah. we know it. All right. Uh, we do so, have some stuff in between here. Yeah. So Clary uh, mopes and looks at a fire and hears indis- indistinct whispering is what my stage... Or my stage directions... Sure, that's what my stage directions said. Yeah. Indistinct uh, whispering. Yeah, and it prompts her to touch the fire. This is so much more of a moment of like something's happening to Clary because she does like the 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 thing that Jonathan that Jonathan does, does. Where he's like, I just want to feel pain. But this time she feels it, and Jonathan feels it. Yeah. So and then Jace comes rushing in. Yeah, and the, the, it looks like it looks like the link rune is like weird, like, like glowing. Yeah. Well, it, it looks almost like it's like since she gone fresh again. Yeah. It looks like uh, it's like embers. Yeah. We get Raphael is uh, brought in and kind of has a. A moment with Izzy where he's like, uh, you know, I dreamed about you. Just a romantic. Stuff, hey, why do the guards look like stormtroopers, though? That's all. <sighs> they don't have enough extras. Uh, then, yeah, then we have the whole Maya thing. And then we end with Alec essentially being like, hey, Magnus. So there's no rule saying a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> Wait, which I mean, there's no rule saying that the head of the Institute has to live in the Institute. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't think that was a rule. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but that's just, it's a weird right about way of saying, like, what if instead of you moving in with me... Which the, we all hate. Why, how would I move in? Well, how about instead of working, working like, living at my workplace is how we treat yes. it. Um, I move in with you. And Meg's is like, oh, that's a great idea. And then he has a seizure. Uh, his magic oh, is not his magic. 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 All right, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Who else episode did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic tried really, really hard to develop an evil revenge plan, but the writers of the TV show just weren't there that week? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably a good one. I have to do something. And, like, this is not a big thing. This They, um, they never should be. Doesn't really mess up the show, but yeah. it clearly only exists for thematic reasons. It seems to make, a good, make it a good CW moment. So when Izzy goes to arrest Raphael at yeah. the soup kitchen, before he can leave, he says to Izzy, look, you got to do your duty and I got to do mine. So I got to clean up the soup kitchen before we leave. <laughs> and they clean it up together. And I just feel like some of the time they spent doing that could have been used to make Heidi make sense. I I mean, yeah, it, it it's it's spent more time to give us like to make us feel bad for Raphael. But the 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 funny thing is by having Heidi be more like clearly just <laughs> a, a mad woman. Might also help with that. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Because, like, I, I don't know if at this point anyone's like, oh, we need to show more of Raphael. He's already working at a stoop kitchen. We don't also have to go, we don't also have to have him be like, ah, oh, well, but you know what? He really got, he's got, he, he, he understands he's, he's why ex- he has to be arrested because he's come to terms with his But badness. he's got to clean up the place first. Yeah, it is a bit of like, Okay, I, okay. I, I get it. It's a hat on a hat. Honestly, all I needed was him doing the uh, the cross with the holy water at the beginning of the episode. Like, sorry, show. That did it for me. Yeah, yeah. Not that I want less Raphael. I love Raphael, but come on. <laughs> Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah. Um, when the Shadow Hunters prepare to assault and go off to the Demort, they're all wearing bulletproof vests. Why? Because vampires <laughs> Why? use guns. Why? I mean, 
you I they might be stab vests, but even then, like that's not what vampires Kevin, what if the vampires just want to bite their sexy, sexy chests? They're so muscular, that's where the vampires must bite. Like, it'd be cool if they were like I only noticed it when Izzy stepped over and was she's just wearing a bulletproof vest over her clothes, and I'm like, what do you think that's going to do? Okay. None of the downworlders have ever used a gun. If they, it would be cool if they were in like 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 high collars might be a fun thing. If you're like ooh, but they have never worn armor. We have never seen shadow hunt. They always wear cool leather jackets and do flips. <laughs> it's true, but Kevin, this is not a fantasy show. This is a cop show. In case you forgot. This is a police procedural. Well, they specifically had to be like, well, last this whole thing kicked off because the because of the werewolves raiding the Demore. So we have to do this right. And that means wearing bulletproof vests <laughs> in case the vampires have guns. Uh, and just to iterate here, I guess if they're actually stab vests and someone's going to be like, actually, those are stab vests. The, the vampires also, as far as I know, don't predominantly use knives except for against the werewolves because they're specifically silver knives. Yeah, we have never seen a vampire stab vampires before. Vampires punch people until they can bite them. Okay, even That is the main vampire offense. Even when Heidi fought Maya... Punch people until you can bite them. Yup. Yeah, there's no, they're not predominantly stabbers or shooters. I don't know who told these shadow hunters that's the case. <laughs> so, um, we kind of wrapped up some storylines. Obviously, Magnus is bleeding from his brain. Well, Heidi's dead. So, I mean, we don't have to really worry about her anymore. So, uh, Whatever she was doing. What's coming next? Who is the next tiny bad guy? Because we're not dealing with Jonathan until the end of the season. <laughs> I mean, we might, we, you know, we might be close enough that they actually should bring Jonathan back in. Uh, let us know. Is Jonathan coming back or is there a tiny bad guy? We're Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, at Instagram, at Twitter, or X, or whatever, and gmail.com. Oh, and more. Um, again, we are your only Shadowhunters TV show podcast. And honestly, I don't know if there's a Shadowhunters book podcast. So it might be. We might be it. I wouldn't be surprised if there's something like that. I'm sure I'm sure there's people on YouTube at least doing like Deep dives. Deep dives onto like the whole Shadowhunters verse that Cassandra <laughs> Clare has. It's a lot of them. Yeah. So yeah. give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. So even though we don't have video, people know we're good. Yeah. Uh, you can also check out my books. They're available at kevinwearbooks.com. And I'm over at flimsyplan.com. But this week, I'm going to say local theater is important. And our complicated, dumb, funny, good play that is Romeo and Juliet meets Riverdale slash The O.C. slash Shadowhunters slash One Tree Hill, all of those things, is running an Indiegogo, cam- Indiegogo campaign. So if you come over to aflimsyplan.com and click on the Full Circle Theater button, you can contribute to our Indiegogo campaign, which you should, because local theater, small theater, indie theater matters. Yeah, and, and, and any amount helps you. We just want to throw in like a dollar that will get you our eternal thanks. Yeah. <laughs> And together we can, uh, we can, you know, bring this, uh, bring this to life. Uh, you can also just look up Riverona on Indiegogo. I think we're the only thing called Riverona on there. I cannot imagine anything else could be called that. And we'll see all of you next week. What's happening to Magnus's magic? What can the Silent Brothers learn about the Twinning Room? Who will serve 3M soup at the soup kitchen now? Answers all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 